don't know why uh, Andrew needed help up here, but anyway. <laughs> I was happy to do it. Always happy to help. This is a very strange morning for me this morning. I've been preparing, preparing message for ages for, for today. And my wife knows that uh, normally I just prepare it, do it. I found this so hard. And the reason that I found it so hard is because I think God wants me to share something that's different. And uh, I believe I have a word for this church. I'm seeing this church grow. I'm seeing this church change, but I'm seeing a challenge coming, perhaps more an encouragement than a challenge, to fulfill the calling that's on every believer, and that is to go into all the world and preach the gospel of Jesus. I believe that challenge will come to this church and is coming. I'm seeing the changes that are taking place and they're good changes. But I believe that's going to be a challenge to just about every church because today, I, don't, I think perhaps as never before, there is, we're living in a shaken world. A world that's become more and more unsure. And the more information, the more we develop, the more unsure we seem to be becoming, becoming. We hear all the time about the problems that are in the world. And, and, they, and they're there. But also, and, and, and we're hearing all the time about how bad things are within the world. And to, to challenge this, I believe there is a developing sense of security taking place in the body of Christ. We're living in a shaken world, but we are more and more seeing that as Christians and as a Christian body, we are living in an unshakable kingdom. And we have the challenge and we have the 
encouragement, encouragement and the opportunity of telling the world as perhaps never before. There is hope and there is a future if you will fulfill what the calling is upon all of us. And to really understand and to know what it is to be free. That's, that's the challenge that's coming to you and to me. And I believe it's coming, it's beginning and developing within this church and I'm seeing this beginning to develop in some other churches as well that I've been involved with. A, a growing sense of there is a future and that Jesus offers this wonderful freedom. I want to read from John chapter 8. This is about halfway through the ministry of Jesus and uh, lots of wonderful things have already happened. And people are beginning to look at him and say, who is this man? There's been the feeding of the 5,000, a lot of seen that. There's been a whole heap of healings that have been taking place, people seeing that. And here in this passage, Jesus is gathered with a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of Jewish people in the temple. And it says, and I know what it says, but I must have to have my glasses to this. <laughs> It says, even as Jesus spoke, many put their faith in him. Now all these other things have happened as well, and these amazing, miraculous signs. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples and then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free they answered him we're Abraham's descendants and we've never been slaves to anyone how can you say that there shall be that we shall be set free and Jesus replied I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. If the Son sets you free, 
Sue and I were over in America. We were in a place in, Cal in Colorado called Canyon City. And I was doing a series of meetings in the first United Methodist Church there. And uh, I remember on the first night, we, uh, after, the, after the meeting, after I preached, and given a, a gospel message, a number of people responded, including a very beautiful young woman. And after the service, the pastor said to me, do you know who that young woman is that you prayed with? And she responded and gave her heart to the Lord. I said, no, I, I don't. He said, no, that was Sue Lyons. Now, some of you who are going back a few years, quite a few years, will know her. Sue Lyons was a very uh, prominent actress in those days. And uh, she had been, she'd been in many movies that were, well, top, top movies. And, and, and here she was in Canyon City and here she was responding to Jesus. And I said, well, why, why, is she, why is she here? He said, well, her husband is in the prison that's here. And that there in Canyon City was a, a maximum security prison. And uh, she said, he's going to be there for a long time. And uh, she said, I've come to be with him when I can. And... Uh, Apparently, she went to see him after the Sunday, and and then she came back and saw the pastor and said, "Would it be possible for Dan to go and see my husband at the at the prison?" And so they talked to the people there in the prison, the authorities there. They they allowed me to come and to visit this man. His name was Cotton Adamson. And I went on this particular day to see him. And uh, it was a most amazing, almost fearful experience. I arrived in this huge building, huge, big, walls. I had to be interviewed to come in and then went from place to place going right into the bowels of the of this great prison. From gate to gate to gate to gate right there into the centre of it. And there was a, a room and they had placed him in this room and there was a table screwed to the floor and two chairs screwed to the floor. And there was a bar of guards standing nearby. And I sat there. And as soon as I sat down, he reached out his hand and said, My wife has been 
to me and told me what's happened to him. He said, what's happened? What has happened? He said, I want this. And so I began to share with him about Jesus, about the blood of Christ, about him living and dying for our sins to set us free. And, and uh, gradually as I shared with him, his eyes opened and then he began to weep. And there he wept his way to Jesus. We went through our time of ministry there over a period of a couple of weeks and then left. The pastor contacted me about some time after and said to me, Sue has uh, come to see me and Cotton has left a message for you. And she said, the message was this, I'm free. At last, I'm free. For the first time in my life, I'm free. And here he was in the midst. He was going to be there for a long time in that prison. But he was free. Like he'd never been free before. See, this is what Jesus was talking about when he spoke about freedom. He wasn't talking about an environmental freedom. He wasn't talking about a freedom you'd have to be able to just live around and hang around and do as you want, and etc. And free in that way. That's we are free. He was talking about the kind of freedom that belongs wherever you are. The kind of freedom that belongs no matter what kind of circumstances of life that you're in. This is the kind of freedom that he was talking about and he spoke about if you believe in me then you'll be free. This is the kind of freedom he meant. This is the kind of freedom that the world doesn't understand and doesn't know about. And no matter what kind of environmental freedom you might have, no matter what kind of freedom you might think you have, you can be so incredibly bound And no matter how bound you are as far as the circumstances of life are concerned, you can be incredibly and wonderfully free. And that kind of freedom is found only in Jesus. And that's the kind of freedom that he's wanting you and I to be able to take to the world and say, you can be free. You can be free no matter what's taking place, no matter if you're in a bad marriage, no matter that you're in a situation of life that is hard and difficult, you can be free. You can be wonderfully, wonderfully, gloriously free. And that's the kind of thing that, the kind of freedom that you and I are able to take to the world. 
a world that is shaken, a world that doesn't know what's going on, a world that is fearful. And you and I have got, you and I have got the freedom that comes from Jesus alone. And we can take it and share it wherever we go. And this is what he's calling us to do. This is the first thing he's calling upon you and I to do, to just go and tell and share with those around us that Jesus is alive, that Jesus will set you free, that Jesus will open your life and your heart and your mind and your spirit, that no matter what your circumstance of life, And only you have that message to take to the world. And it's the only hope that the world has. Probably for the first time in a long, long time, the church, the body of Christ, you and I, have got the opportunity. People are beginning to listen again. People are beginning to examine again. People are beginning to look again. And you and I have got the place for them to look. And you and I have got the words to share with them. China Inland Mission and he because he'd been uh, strong and outspoken as a, as a Christian and uh, seeked to establish the church there in China he was taken by the communist regime and he was put in prison and he was there in prison for a long time finally released but while he was there, he was in, in solitary confinement every day. He was taken and he was, uh, I'm not sure of the exact words, but he, they, they sought day after day after day to turn his mind to, the, to communism to turn his mind away from being a Christian. But he said, it didn't matter that they locked me up. It didn't matter that they kept me in a prison all this time. It didn't matter that day after day I wasn't allowed to see any other people but those who wanted to indoctrinate me. 
see, I was with Jesus all the time. He says, I would wake in the morning and I would be with Jesus. And he said, I would talk with Jesus and I would share with Jesus and Jesus would share with me. And no matter what happened, he said, I would, I would, uh, I was locked in the prison. I would go walking with Jesus. And he said, I'd be walking down the streets of Jerusalem with Jesus. I'd be standing with Jesus while he healed the blind man. I'd be, I would be sometimes the blind man sitting there and feeling his hands upon me and seeing light as never before. I, I, I had all of this with Jesus all the time. I was with him all the time. He ministered his grace to me. He was free. In the midst of all his imprisonment, he was free. And this is the kind of freedom that you have when you open your life to Jesus. This is what belongs to you when you accept his grace when you accept that he died for your sins, when you opened yourself that his spirit would come in and you would become a person who walked with Jesus and talked with Jesus and shared with Jesus and then you walked and shared others with Jesus. This is what belongs to you and world is what they hear. And you, as you open your life to him, you become a vehicle of his grace. With Jesus, not you, just don't believe in Jesus. He dwells within you. He reaches out through you to the hearts and the lives of those around you. You become the conduit of the grace of God to the world. This, this is what belongs to you. You have and you are the hope that the world has. Jesus is just looking for people who will be that kind of vehicle within whom he can live and dwell and take his life wherever you go. And what a message you have to give to the what a message he has to give to the world through you. No matter how simple and that, no matter what your life might be, as far as the world is concerned, as far as he is concerned, you are a part of his grace and his love to the world around you. And the world is yearning to hear how it can, and each and 
freedom. The freedom that Jesus speaks about. And you have that privilege of taking it and sharing it. Wherever you go, in your way, in your words, in the kind of person you are in your normal, everyday part of life. You are the agent of the grace of God. In the world, the people around you longing to hear how you've been in the past, the failures and the wrongs and the sins and guilt and the stuff that they've messed up their lives with. And you have the wonderful privilege of saying to them, hey, you can start again. You can begin again. You can open your life and let Jesus come in and you can begin to be a new person in him. And by his grace, become that kind of person day by day. Like my mate over here. When anyone says to him, how are you? He'd say, brand new. Brand new. And this is who we can be in him. Every day, by the grace of God, by the forgiving, glorious grace of God, we're brand new. Starting afresh. Beginning anew. And to every person around us, they're longing to hear the stuff that's in their minds and in their lives and in their past. To be able to say, because of Jesus, I'm brand new. I'm brand new. That's the message you can then take to those around you. You can start again. And people are longing to be set free, to know that glorious truth. You can also take them and say to them, no fear, no need for the fear of the future. When you open your life to Jesus, you belong to a kingdom that can never be broken. What a message to be able to take to the people around you who are being constantly bombarded with the problems of the environment, with the problems of the, of the future. Brand new. A new creation. Nothing to fear. And to be able to say to people to open your life to Jesus you are set free from the fear of death Jung the, the, the great late psychologist said that the greatest fear of mankind 
is the fear of death. It's there hovering in the heart and the life of every person, blighting many lives, the fear of death. But in Jesus, there is no need for the fear of death. And to be able to take to people who are going through the struggles and the problems of life and health and the future, and people who have gone before them and they've loved them, and they fear for their future and wonder where and wonder why we're able to say there's no need to fear death. Sue and I were in in Alice Springs. We hear the worst about Alice Springs. But we happened to be there just at, uh, at Easter time. And we were uh, just there in the main street. And, uh, and then this Aboriginal man just walked, the group near us walked and stood there in the middle of the street start to sing. And as he began to sing, people began to gather. And he began to sing. He rose again. He rose again. The lamb that was slain. And he rose again. The people cried to see Christ crucified. But he rose, he rose, he rose again. And he sang it again, and he sang it again. He rose again. He rose again. The lamb that was slain, and he rose again. The people cried to see Christ crucified. But he rose, he rose, he rose again. The crowd gathered, and I saw the winsomeness on the face of so many people. And he, he said, He's alive! He's alive! Jesus is alive! You need not fear, because he said, Because I live, you will live also! I don't know how many people responded from those words that day. But I know their hearts were touched. And mine was touched afresh. As I realised I had a message to take to the world like no one else had. I had a message to reach out to the world and let them know 
He's alive. He's alive. And his love and forgiveness and mercy is to every living human being on the face of the earth. That's your message. That's my message. What a thing to take to the world, folks. A broken, fearful, guilty, hurt, lonely world. And you and I are the vehicles of grace to take it and share it. It's as simple as that. It's as precious as that. It's the greatest thing you can do for any living being on the face of the earth. And that belongs to you. And that belongs to me. Let's just pray. you bowed in the presence of the Lord. Ask him to make you a vehicle of his grace. To take forgiveness and hope to those around you. Ask him now to make you a vehicle of his spirit. Ask him to touch the world through you. Ask him to make you Ask him to give you the courage to speak out for the kingdom. And Lord, I just pray in Jesus' lovely name. I pray, Lord Jesus, in your presence with us now. Set us free. That by your grace we'll set others free. We 
pray in Jesus.